Well, hello, Life Church Bath. How are we all? It's so good to see you this morning, this evening, whatever time you are watching this message. Welcome. My name is uh, Jonathan Horsfall. I am uh, preaching this morning, which I'm so excited to do. This is uh, the second part of a Justice series, and I know you know Joshua Luke Smith did a fantastic job of bringing and starting our series on justice. Um, and it's my privilege today to uh, share a part of my heart with you where I have just, where God has spoken to me about justice and for me where it's come from. And, and I'm gonna talk, um, I'm gonna share um, a, a chapter in Isaiah with us this morning and uh, strap in, get ready, because it is a correction to the church. Um, but don't worry, it's got a great ending and you'll see why at the end. Um, and then I'm gonna talk to you uh, about where this word has become flesh for me during these couple months. Um, it's what, it, 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 well, you'll hear, in, you'll hear in a few minutes what I've been doing with a few others and where I see God's justice coming into the earth for the poor and how he's using me and you to be the administrators of it. So. I'm going to start by saying something that Josh said last week, and I want us to remember this. Justice is not what we do, it's who we are. Justice is not what we do, church, it's who we are. This is who God's called us to be in this time. I'm going to read you the chapter from Isaiah, like I said, but I want to just remind us the power of God's word before I read it. And I want to read this to you. Hebrews 4.12, you know it. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all who are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, if that has not just awoken your spirit to hear the word of God this morning, you might want to check your heartbeat. I have said this because the the, the verse Isaiah, sorry, the chapter of Isaiah 58 that I'm going to read, I'm not just going to read it. I'm going to ask that the Lord, the Holy Spirit would speak through you as you're listening to this, because this chapter is an eye-opener. This is a chapter, guys, for us to be in community of believers that we need to read. We need to remember this because this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah and telling us as a group of people, this is what God loves. This is what he counts as true worship. This is how justice is given and brought to the world. And it's on us to remember these words. All right, I'm going to start. Isaiah 58, get your Bibles out. This is the Lord speaking through Isaiah to the church. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like a righteous nation. They would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I tell you why. I respond, it's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Ouch. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. 
What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Wow, you guys okay? That was an intense piece of scripture. I, I hope like what I read about it just in Hebrews that the word has been slicing and dicing as we read that and we allow the word to change us. And remind ourselves, we don't read the Bible. The Bible reads us. What Isaiah is saying is the Lord is not opposed to fasting. I'm not opposed to your worship. But if you're fasting a worship to the Lord, is not deep and it is shallow and it is based out of religious duty. If you are doing these things, but it is not changing the inside of you of who you are with the words that you are saying, with the actions that come from your intimacy with the Lord, it means nothing. It means nothing, church. This, this, this chapter, guys, is like a chiropractor of where if your back is out in alignment, you sit on the bed and the chiropractor will push and he will push the, the vertebrae, the bones, whatever you want to call it, back into place so that the back is in alignment. And this word to us as a church right now, I want it to realign us so that we see what God is looking for when we worship him. This, this is where he says, it means nothing. And I'm going back into it. He gives an answer. This is what God is looking for. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Verse eight, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Let me just pause. Do you see that the healing comes on God's people? Not when they're fasting, it's when they are doing justice, when they are looking after the poor, when they are being the hands and feet of Jesus. That is when the healing comes. This is extraordinary, church. This is, this is what justice looks like. It, do you know that verse where it says, those who refresh others will also be refreshed. This is, this is a partnership. There's some principles here that are... That, 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 work right now in this time and isn't it interesting in verse 9 then when you call the Lord will answer God is saying yes I am here he will quickly reply when I read that I ask myself if I am wait if I need a word from the Lord if I am in a place where I am needing God to answer my prayer what if the prayer the answer is not more fasting. The answer is go and do justice to your neighbours. Go and love the people that God has put in your life. Because when you refresh others, you will be refreshed. 
This is, this is how the church works. This is how God designed it. The, the, guys, I love spending time in the presence of the Lord. Guys, I miss gathering together once a week and being in a room and seeing the believers of God come together. We've all gone and done different things in the week. When we come together, we stand in our church, in our building, and we stand and we worship and together we get recharged, we get filled. And I know that when we are together, there are words that are spoken corporately that God wants to speak to as a whole. There's a difference. You can be uh, you can be encouraged and you can be led privately with your own walk with the Lord. But when we gather together, guys, God speaks in a different tone. There are challenges that are going on right now that the answers are when we come together. We hear from one another. God speaks through many voices. But also, our worship to the Lord has to look like something outside of our building. I believe this is all tied into the, to the heights that we call down and we love God. To the heights of we go up, to the depths of we go down in his word, in his intimacy, as we become disciple with him, by him. Our worship, our discipling, it has to, has to have an outlet. It has to have some place where the, the love of God is experienced and it's sent out from the church. And, it, and, and you recognize that what you do outside, it affects this relationship that you have with him. There's a, just a, just a very side note. I've, the people that I'm uh, just being blessed to see in coffee shops um, during the weeks, I'm really sensing that there's just a word um, for anyone that is listening to this message around business, um, about people who are in the marketplace right now. And I was recently praying um, from with a brother who's a part of our church who um, runs a business. And I just want you to know that God loves business. He loves entrepreneurial thinking. And that in a time like this, this is a time where God will use his people to show the world how to stand and be strong in a storm. And I just have a word for anyone that is listening right now that is feeling the pressure at home um, with the pressures of uh, a job, whether you own a business, you're working in a business, whether you're serving someone else's business. I just want to speak this over you. Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. But the generosity message, guys, this is a time to be generous, where the world is saying, fear, 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 hold on to what you have. This is a time. If you run a business, if you are wanting to start a business, ask the Lord, where can you be generous in a time like this? Be Jesus in the marketplace. Guys, I bless you. If that's anyone listening to you, I just bless your business. That's just a complete side note. I just wanted to encourage anyone here that might be uh, feeling the pressure in that area. All right, verse 10. Verse 10, gonna keep going. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as light as noon and the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring and some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. If that doesn't excite you, church, check your heartbeat. Seriously, 
that is such a, not only is it a correction for us to ask ourselves the the heights of worship that we give god have to look like it has to be going out somewhere if if you are in the presence of the lord and you don't come out for a love for his people my question is who are you hanging out with we love god's people I love you, you love me, we love the world and we are called to serve the world and bring justice in a time like this. If our motivation for serving other people is not out of a place of love, it's, it will burn out. I'm telling you, love is the greatest motivation to love God's people. If it's out of service, then it's out of your own self-righteousness. It's coming out of a place of you have something to prove. But church, we get to bring God's justice. And this justice I'm talking about is not an angry justice. It's a smile. It's warmth. It's kindness. It is saying to someone who is in a desperate situation, there is a God that loves you. He he died for you. And we as, as, as partakers, you call us Christians, it means little Christ. We as Christians get to go and be Jesus to them in this time. Man, I got so much to say and not enough time to say it. If our love for him is genuine, church, you become what you worship. You become what you worship. And where where this has become flesh for me in this time, being in England during COVID, we can talk about how crazy these times are. But the most exciting time where I have seen God move in these weeks and months, it's by serving people. It's by just saying, look, God, there's so many things I can't do. But what I can do is I can serve. We always have time for serving people. You remember uh, Isaiah 6. I read Isaiah 58, but at the very beginning of Isaiah in, in, in verse 6, King Uzziah dies and Isaiah has a vision. And in the vision, the Lord is saying, whom shall I send to speak to my people? And like a fly on the wall, Isaiah is hearing God say, whom shall I send? And as he hears it, his response, you can read it, is, Lord, send me. Send me, Lord, send me, because I am in the presence of God. I am seeing you, God, in all your glory. And God asks a question to someone else. And Isaiah's response is, Lord, send me, send me. I want to be sent by God. I want to know what God is thinking and saying in this season, because God loves his people. He loves his people, church. And he wants us to carry his heart and go and be sent by him to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Where this, where you can hear my passion for this message, but where it's come from is this. I told you guys a couple months ago, um, during this time, I was watching the news as as you were too, and a call came out for um, the NHS. They said, we need volunteers. And as those of you remember, after like two or three days, they had over like something like three, four million people volunteer and say, NHS, we're here. How can we help? And I felt a bit discouraged because I thought that was my opportunity. I'm ready to 
serve the poor in this time where, the, where there is need. And I missed it. I just thought, oh, I've missed my chance. And then a couple of days later, I somehow came across that the Baines Council, they were asking for volunteers to do stuff locally. And I signed up. I was like, brilliant. This is much better. Easier because it's local. I mean, the NHS is very big. I thought, actually, I, you know, the, the, the council, what are they doing at this time? And I signed up. And three days later, I got a call saying, Jonathan, thank you so much for signing up. Um, we've made you a street champion of where you are um, of your address in the city. And I thought, wow, that's great. I was like, didn't expect that. I didn't think I would be given that level of responsibility so quickly. Um, and I thought, well, look, there's houses to my left, houses to my right. Awesome. I'll, what do you need me to do? And it was essentially giving out my information and saying to anybody, if you need groceries, if you need to go to, if you need medicine, if you need someone to talk to, if you uh, need anything, this is the person to call. And I was like, brilliant. The only thing I didn't realize is that when they gave me the street champion, it wasn't my street, it was a whole area. And so I was given over 200 houses to write my information on a leaflet. And so my, me and Ruth and the kids, we spent one afternoon and we posted um, our information into every single house. And I'm posting these leaflets into people's houses thinking, oh my goodness, God, you're gonna use me in a mighty way, 200 houses, my name's gonna get out there. How can I help these people in this time? Posted the letters and like you or anyone would, I sat there waiting. And I'm thinking, I, I kind of like stats, I kind of like maths, I'm thinking 200 people, how many do you think are actually gonna just put it in the bin or they don't need help or they're busy or even read it? But I was thinking, I'll get a few. And a week goes by and, and out of 200 people, guess how many people contacted me? You can write on the chat, you can say it out loud. Not that number, two people, 1%. Not what I thought, not what I thought. But those two families that I got to know um, was very much involved, which I've told you before, I was uh, buying potatoes for one of the families. But it's been, from uh, March to now, it's been, I've done so many trips to Sainsbury's, I'm saving those nectar points. I've been, um, uh, going to the chemist, um, encouraging them on the phone, um, organizing trips out where it's safe and just being around and realizing that it might be two families, but God, these are the people that God's given in my care. So when I was doing this serving and realizing what true worship is, and I don't know these guys' stories, but I set out to get to know them. And I just got God's heart for these two families. Their stories were really hard to hear and that why they needed help is they had no one to look after them. No one. And basically, as, as it's been going on and how this relationship with these two families have just been growing, it came to the end of July and that one of the families called me on the weekend and said, um, could you um, come and see us? Um, we've had a really bad weekend. And so what I did is I got over to their house on a Monday and had a cup of tea in their garden. And this couple began to tell me what had happened. Now, what, what, he was, what the, the husband found out that weekend is that he was having chest pains. And so he went to the doctors and the doctors then rushed him to a hospital in Bristol. And 
he came back with the news that he has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and he has um he has months to live unless unless there is a miracle and when he told me this information it was an absolute shock to my core i could not believe this but as i'm sat with this couple and they are telling me i heard the lord say this is why you are here jonathan this is why and i want to say that i've now since being on this journey with them i knew that as the lord told me that as i met them the biggest thing i knew was that i was going to introduce them to jesus because they don't know who they didn't know who i am they'd never asked me what i do and and just you know out of interest if you tell people you are a pastor the expressions on people's faces are very varied i remember being in mexico on holiday with with roof last year i told someone I was a pastor, they disappeared, they ran away. So I've got to be careful. And I just realized, don't, I'm like, listen, I want people to know that I love Jesus by what I say and what I do. Absolutely, I'll tell you what I do nine to five and what my calling is of shepherding people. But I want people to meet Jesus by what I do and how I serve them. So I'm sat in their garden with this news that is so hard to hear. And I ask him, what? can I do to serve you in this time? Now, mind you, he did not know that I am a pastor. And he turned to me and he said, there are two things that I wish we had done, that we had renewed our wedding vows and that we had finished the garden that me and my wife wanted to make so that we could enjoy the garden in the summer months. And with me hearing from the Lord saying, Jonathan, this is why you are here. I was in that moment to say, let me tell you what I can do. I can renew your wedding vows and we are planning to renew them at the end of this month. Their family are going to come together. And the second thing is, I said, I have a friend called Mike Smith who loves landscaping gardens for free and we organized two weeks later i james porter and mike smith as we all know the ministry of help guys in our church we turned up at their house on friday morning and we dug their garden and we did everything that they needed as james and mike were talking and talking and i was doing all the hard work they were being ministered to by james and mike and this couple guys be honest they have um, opinions against the church. To be honest, they do not know Jesus and they've got many reasons why. But I'll tell you what, the opinions that people have of Jesus quickly disappear when you start serving them. When you start getting down and washing their feet, when you come into their life in a time of chaos and you don't just tell them who Jesus, you show them. They stood there in silence as we worked. Mike asking them fantastic questions, James also, and we prayed and we blessed them. And I'm getting pictures of the garden every couple days, weeks of just, look, the grass is growing. And it's just this sense of who are you and why did you do this? Guys, I, I am going to be doing, like I said, I'm going to be renewing their vows and I'm going to be telling them and their family the good news of Jesus. I, guys, I love God so much 
I love him so much that I will serve his people because you cannot love his people if you don't love God. It comes from a place of, God, I love you so much. I know I remember who I was without him, and now I know who I am with him. And I will be a voice to the voiceless. I will bring God's justice with a smile on my face, and I will introduce them to Jesus. So, guys, please pray for this couple. Please pray that God would use me as he's using you in your situations, that we can bring justice to people who do not know God. It is such an exciting time. Guys, I, I'm telling you, like when you get to, when you say yes to God and say, I can be who God's called me to be in this season, it is the most rewarding thing to, to release chains of the prisoners, to, to, to weep with those who are weeping, to laugh with those who are laughing. This is the church. This is our mission, our mandate. We are to bring God's justice to the world. You can tell I'm passionate this morning. Justice is not what we do, it's who we are. And I am I'm asking us guys with the Isaiah 58 message to ask a question in response of this message of justice. What are we doing with, with our knowledge of God? Is it just religious duty? Is it just religious meetings where we are getting so knowledgeable of God, but the knowledge is not turning into flesh and we are loving his people? Guys, the harvest is ready. It is now. I have spoken to more people about Jesus in this this time than any time I can imagine. People that I meet in the coffee shop, people that I'm meeting in Sainsbury's, these families that God has put me into. Jesus is in people's minds and they just need to meet him and he's going to use us to bring Jesus into people's lives. Please pray for me, guys. I, 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 am, I just have this couple that they want to, they need to meet Jesus. I've got, I've got a few things that I'm going to say, um, and it ties into next week. Next week, we're going to show you guys a few people in our area that are doing justice, practically. We're going to interview a few people. You're going to see and hear what justice looks like in areas that God needs to break in. Um, and one of them, uh, as some of you may know, is um, a charity in town called Mercy in Action. Mercy in Action, which you'll hear all about, I won't spoil that thing, but when I moved here in January, I went and approached Mercy in Action and I asked them this question, where are the poor? I want to know where the greatest pain is in our city because God has called us to be the, the answer to that pain. And there's a way of, I believe, catching justice, God's heart for his people. And it's done by hearing what other people are doing. Another way is this week, why don't you buy a newspaper of the city that you live in? Bath Chronicle, I don't know, Melksham Gazette, the Corsham Tri Tribune, or whatever you call it. And read the pages and see where the pain is and ask God, what do you want me to do about it? You have to catch the just, you have to catch God's heart for people. This message, this series of justice, guys, 
I just believe that God wants to open the church and showcase his people in a way that this country has never seen before. Where people are, me- are meeting Jesus through the hands and feet from you that are listening and that justice is being bought, that the kingdom of God is entering this city through you. Man, what kind of people are we to be? I let you answer that with this message. What kind of people is God calling us to be in this time? Father, I pray that you would use us to bring your justice. Father, I pray that our worship to you as a church, as a body, as we love you, Father, that it wouldn't be shallow, Lord, that it would go so deep that our actions would be in alignment with your heart. Lord, that we love you, Lord, and we want you to use this church for your purpose, for your people. And God, that you have a plan for us in this time. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you will use every single person in this body. You use all of us to bring your justice, to bring to bring your rule. Lord, that there are people that just need to learn and see your name, see your name in the flesh. This is what Jesus looks like. Lord, send me. Father, send me. Lord, would you send this church in this time?